This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, 11.03. It's Monday. Our Monday guest at this time is standing by. Let's get to it right now on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. It's the head coach of the Ottawa 67s. On a nice little three-game winning streak right now, Dave Cameron. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good, Lloydie. Thank you. Well, uh, as always, thank you for joining us. And, and before we'll get into uh, the nuts and bolts of your team, um, as you know, you live in this town, um, and you know that there's a good en- energy with the uh, you know the team that you used to work for with the the Ottawa Senators. And I'm thinking with a with a, a push like this, as they were quite a bit out of it, and the push is on. And there is a good feel around the group, and the fans are engaged. Uh, I, I hearken back. I'm not calling it a Hamburglar run, but I'm, I'm going to bring that up to ask you, you know, just the emotion of that time and what it means for coaches, players. As you know, you're the, you got that underdog feel. You start to win some games, and you can feel the fans kind of getting excited and getting more and more on board with each passing day. That's something, Dave, I know you can relate to in this town. Yeah, it's really it's really exciting. You know, anytime your team is is on a roll and and you know it becomes a, a whole validation of of the program. You know, your team that's going and you know you look at you look at the Sens team and you know their their core guys, their young guys. Boy, it's really exciting. And you know the Fords and the D and they got such a nice mixture in there with Kachuk, every bit as physical as anybody in the National League that can draw his players into the game and you got defense, you got Shabbat and Sanderson, two guys that are, you know, got long, long, excellent careers in front of them. And I know Talbot's a hell of a goal because I was with him on a team at the world championship. So I, I know his cable up, but the good thing about it, Lloyd, is that you, and obviously I'm a coach, but you feel best for the coaches because, you know, there's a lot of naysayers over the course of the season. And, and, but at the end of the day, that, that team and, I mean, they've added some. They've added some great additions, you know, with Giroux and DeBrinket and and now Chickering. And but that team's success is going to be driven by the young guys, the core of those young guys, the Pintos, the Kachucks, the Bathersons. You know, I was just doing stuff. But it's and those guys, they're going to drive it. But it's such a good league. You got to let them mature. You know, it's it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be good. So. It's it's a real exciting time. Not only that they're winning and and now the the playoffs are real are realistic, but the fact that the you can see the young guys maturing and you can see the confidence that coach had in them over the years that let them get to this stage. So yeah, it's it's a real nice buzz, real exciting, and you get that synergy and now the fans are in them, and it's just it's really exciting and uh, and they're playing their best hockey. So uh, you know it's, you expect good things now. An exciting time for your group as well, Dave. Three more wins on the season have clinched the East Division uh, title. Your thoughts on the weekend, including a pair of wins over uh, a desperate Kingston team in a fight for their playoff lives, as well as on Saturday against the Saginaw Spirit. Well, you know, Kenny, and the the, the Kingston team, you know, you know, kind of re- reminds us me a little bit of our team last year. You know, they had a real good run the year before, and. When you when you have a good run the year before, that means generally you're a little bit older. And that's what we were last year. We had a young bunch of guys coming in, and and you knew you were going to be in a battle uh, just because they're young and they're playing. And but uh, so we accepted that challenge, and uh, you know, two two 
you know, huge wins. And it was kind of nice, too, because on the on the game on Wednesday, you know, the, the guard of Gerard Barler's line, you know, come up front and scored some big goals and kind of drove our team, which is what you like to see at this time of year, finding different ways and different lines contributing. And, you know, then we went into Kingston and, and uh, you know, um, I think we held them to tell 12 shots. So he, the thing I like best about those games, too, is that we, we weren't really clicking offensively. But but that said, as we fought through that, we didn't give anything up defensively. And I think that's a real sign that, that your team's maturing. And, you know, come in, Saginaw was sitting waiting for us here, a short turnaround, you know, a little longer trip home from Kingston because of the weather. So it was another real good challenge for us, an afternoon game. And, and you know, the guys, the guys found the way. They stuck with it. And, uh, you know, Sag and I come back, give them credit. You know, they're a young, exciting team. They tied it up and, and we, uh, we didn't, we didn't allow that to phase us to the point that our game dropped and we won the shootout. So a whole bunch of different scenarios went into winning three games. So, uh, you know, really, really proud of the team. And that the first one of the current streak you're on officially uh, locked things up for you uh, in the East. And I think I kind of asked you this question last week, Dave, but obviously a three-game winning streak. And you, you're at a stage, this is a really good team, um, you know, that, that you're coaching and with high expectations. And as you're, you're managing things right now, just making sure you're in the best possible spot to begin the playoffs here. How, how, what's your process like uh, right now with this group? Well, when we talk right now, Lloydie, it's it's not it's it's not you know who we play, it's how we play, and so that's just another cute way of saying you know concentrate on on the on the process, you know, and we we we've done that, and the strength of this group is their competitiveness, but this group is is unique from my point of view because I've been in this league a long time, and I might have had a couple other teams that were like this, but they, they practice. They practice as hard as they play. And everybody says, well, doesn't everybody? No, no. In, in junior, that's a real big challenge. And, and because we have so much practice time, you know, it's not like the NHL where, where they barely practice at all. This, this is a weekend league and we practice lots. And so there's every reason, every reason for the team, you know, to get caught up in the grind and, and, and the, the amount of work that we put in. But this team's accepted that challenge. And, uh, you know, it comes from our leadership group. They've accepted that challenge and they put the work in on, on the Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And that's a big part of, of, you know, why we've had the success that we've had. And we know now moving forward as you get closer to the end of the season, certainly in the playoffs, the league keeps going up a bit, bit and we're, we're going to accept that challenge and, and uh, you know, hopefully keep this thing going. Dave, you have a few players that, that get a lot of attention and most recently acquired Pavel Michikov and Logan Morrison get a, get a lot of attention. But one player who I've loved since uh, he made the team as a late-round pick has been Will Jahua, and, and I refer to him often as the best four-checker, uh, not only on your team, but in the entire OHL. Can you just talk about what he means and how nice it is to see him rewarded with a few goals over the course of the week? Well, I think the, the, the best way to... to uh... To define Will is that, and Norm, Norm did this in the video the other day when we were working on a forecheck and showing clips, and, and Norm called him the generator. And, uh, you know, he, he drives the team, and, and he's a coach's delight from the point of view that you know exactly what you're going to get when Will is on the ice. And then the other part of it is that whatever line Will is on, he draws him into the battle. He draws him into the battle, and a lot of times whatever line he's on is the best line in that given game. Uh, because he he takes no prisoners, and he's fearless. He blocks shots. 
he's physical, he takes it, he gives it. And so when when you see a guy like that add to his repertoire and scoring, you, you feel really, really good about it because um, now that he gets that emotional reward for all the hard work that he's doing, the grind work that he's doing, and he's such a terrific teammate and uh, just a real big part of our team. And another guy being able to jump in and and contribute, especially I thought he took kind of took over the third period on Saturday was Cooper Foster, and, and he's gone through a bit of a dry spell offensively, but he showed what he's able to do, I thought, on Thursday and, and scoring a big goal for you guys to make it 3-1 at the time. Uh, how much higher can his development go? And, and being just 17 years old, what's the ceiling for Cooper Foster? Well, I think... Kenny, I think he's got a real, real high upside. And, and I think, uh, you know, we, we sat him out a game last week, but, but it wasn't so much play-related as it was. I, I thought he was a little bit tired. Um, you know, and you look at our team over the course of the year, still being young, but we played a big part of our year, especially from Christmas on, the guys at the World Juniors, some injuries, you know, basically with 10 forwards. And, you know, it, it catches up to some of the young guys. And I'll be honest with you, that was one of my fears. Uh, when we were coming through December and January and, you know, the grind, especially in February where we, where we had, you know, an unbelievable travel was, was you know, were we going to burn some of these guys out just simply because we didn't have the numbers, you know, to play and, and things like that. And I, I think Coop hit a little bit of a, of a wall. And so we gave him some time off and uh, we get two days off this week. And I think that's that's the Cooper Foster, you know, speed on the outside, fearless, takes it in, good hands. Uh, I think I think you know he's he's got huge upside. I, I think he's just scraping the barrel of what we're going to see, and uh, he, he's he he's going to be drafted this year. I, I think without a doubt. Uh, unfortunately, Dave, um, I have to ask you about some unfortunate maybe injury situations uh, with the team. I know some, certain guys didn't play on Saturday, and Boucher and Sermon and Barless and 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 Morrison. Are, are there any updates on on that crew? Yeah, I think uh, in the Morrison case, we, we expect him back. Uh, he, he probably could have played uh, a little bit. Uh, probably could have played Saturday, but we just, with the two days off, we just thought it didn't make any, any sense. Um, Sermon is, is I, he's going ready to go uh, and practice next week. So unless there's a setback there, we expect to get him back. And then we're still, we're still waiting for, for updates. Uh, you know, on Bush, he's being looked at obviously by the centers and, and Barrelis who's gone for for some tests and that. And you know, it's it's those. I mean, that's that's the price you pay sometimes when you have a team that's as competitive as us. Is that the physical guys? You know, they 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 you know come and they play hard. And when you play hard, you're always obviously susceptible to to injuries and stuff like that. So, um, but we I don't think. Morrison and, and Sermi will be back relatively quick, and we'll just wait for the update on the other guys. With all those injuries, and uh, and you've you've like you mentioned it earlier, going back a while, you've been dressing eight defensemen, playing some, and especially Sermon at forward. How difficult has it been to manage having ten defensemen on the roster right now? Well, actually, it hasn't been too bad, Ken, just because of the injuries. You know, we we went through a we went through a a weekend there where. We had everybody healthy, and it was becoming a bit. We had a plan in place. It was coming a bit of a challenge, but you know, with with the injuries now, I mean, we we dressed eight defensemen on Saturday on paper, but really, uh, Ulysses played up front for us and did a hell of a job. 
you know, him and him and Kells came in and, and they gave me fourth line minutes, which, you know, take some of the heat out of the top three lines and, and, and they played well. So, um, you know, with, with these injuries, we've been going 11 and seven. Uh, so that's made it a little bit easier, but, uh, you know, and we're winding down here now too. So it's, it's, um, it's a work in progress when you have those extra guys, but unfor- unfortunately for me, but probably fortunate for them with the injuries, it's been a little bit easier. Another right, lot. Oh, sorry, oh, go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. Ken. No, you go yeah, ahead, Kenny. Just going to ask you about the upcoming weekend. Another three and three, and I think you guys have eight over the course of the year. And just based on where you're located in, in Ottawa and being the furthest team east, uh, that's just the nature of the beast. How do you get team or your team prepared to go into a weekend like this where you play the three and three along with travel starting on Friday at home and then uh, going on the road to play two in the GTA area? Well, we've done it all year, you know. So, so it's not, it's nothing new. So, in in terms of in terms of preparation, it's it's we know what to expect. And when you're a good team, when you're a good team, there's different challenges. Um, so this is this is another challenge, and and so we we know what it's about. We did it a couple of weeks ago, uh, basically the exact same trip, other, and it was a little more complicated the other trip because the Saturday game was a four o'clock game in Hamilton. Uh, this Saturday game is an evening game in Niagara, so we're going to have a little bit extra time there. But you know that's that's the uh, that's the challenges that the schedule gives you sometimes, and and uh, we we know it, and we talk about it. But you know our mindset is that there's going to be different challenges all the way through, especially if you're a good team and you expect to go deep. There's going to be challenges, so you just have to accept that challenge and put in the work to give yourself the best chance. All right, last one, most important. You get this much snow in PEI, Dave. Like I'm, I've had enough, but the banks at the well, end no, of my no, driveway. No. I got to, I got to tell my kids to be careful as they got to peek around to walk out the street. Well, what what we do, and I, I don't know if I should put this out, but we do a PEI. We just pull the dome over. <laughs> we fold the bridge up. Yes. We track the bridge. We pull the dome over. Storm blows by. We open it up again. That's why it's called paradise. Oh, there you go. Hey, listen, I got a, uh, the guys that had the main contract for that bridge made a lot of money, and they yeah. started kicking horse uh, out, and I've skied kicking horse in Golden, B.C. There you go. The more you know. Hey, I, I connected it. There, there you go. Well, okay. hey, Lloydie, the, the other good thing, we're pretty smart on the island, right, because we let you on for free. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay. We, we let you drive on. Everybody's going, wow, this is great. And then we yes. have the whole booth coming the other way. Like. That's what happened. I, I drove out there with my wife years ago. Oh, this is great. We stayed in Charlottetown, went to Summerside, saw the island, went to North Rustico. We did Anna Green Gables. We did all the tourist stuff. I said, all right, let's leave. Like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? All right. Okay. Always a pleasure, Dave. Uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate it. There's uh, Dave Cameron, head coach of the Ottawa 67s. So we actually took the ferry going back because we were going up to Cape Breton, and we, then we took the ferry and we went over to Port of Basque, right? But, uh, yeah, you, you can go to PEI for free. They charge you to leave. <laughs> it's the way it works. All right. We'll take a break. Thank you, Dave. Always fun with Dave Cameron. Still to come, but more from Gord Wilson. He's going to join us just over an hour from now at the start of the Sens morning skate in Chicago. Game day. It's the Sens and Hawks tonight. 7 o'clock for our pregame show. It's a 9 Eastern puck drop tonight between the Sens and Hawks on TSN 1200.
This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, welcome back to it. 11-23. Thanks to Dave Cameron joining us there. I said to the Kenny during the break. We, we got to get Dave on, you know, a, lo- a little more often, I think, maybe like out of the hockey season. And the stories would just flow. Hey, Kenny, let's do that. We, we, we got to be committed to that here. Yes. In a few months. I, I 100% agree. I Story time with Dave is a good time. And I, I want to hear more stories on the air. I want to get Dave to maybe if you're broadcasting from the stadium, at some point in time with the offices right there, maybe you could make the pop over like Andre Tourney used to do. Cause I'm sure he'll be at the offices over the course of the summer a little bit. Mm, yes. There could be some options here, Lloydie. See, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Maybe we, we can get back to a little, uh, you know, pre pandemic red blocks that way. And, and it was like one stop shopping for us. It was all, it was all good. Yeah. More Dave would be good. Who couldn't use more Dave Cameron? Always fun with uh, head coach of the 67s. Gord Wilson's going to join us a little bit later on. And um, I can tell you now we got another iron in the fire for a little bit later in the show. We'll just leave that there for now. A little iron in the fire later in the show here as well. Uh, Kenny, we still got a lot of giving to get to. Just, we do. Just, just saying, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, we got a code word to get to at some point this hour, Kenny. Um, we'll do it again in the one hour. We've got a four-pack of 67s to give away, and we've got a four-pack of Senators tickets to give away here on the show. Just thought I'd mention that here at 1124. Much it's good that you nothing. mentioned it. I yeah. do appreciate it. Okay, just 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 throwing that out there. All right, you can reach us at uh, 12 1200, standard text message rates apply. Best uh, way to reach us. So uh, we asked Dave about the injuries. Unfortunately, yes, uh, in case you missed it, Tyler Boucher did get Injured, he uh, that happened on Friday night, Kenny, right? And obviously did not play uh, since then. So they're waiting for another update, which is unfortunate because we know he had missed a bunch of time coming out of the World Juniors, and he was skating uh, with the, the the Senators injured group for a while. And Dave Cameron, the only update we got, as he told us, he's being looked at again now by the Sens. So fingers crossed, but uh, that's troubling, Kenny, uh, to, to, to say the least, because. When Tyler Boucher's been in the lineup and healthy and not suspended, right, because that's happened this year as well, he's had an impact. He he has been exactly what, you know, he is supposed to be. Intimidating power forward that can score some goals. He's been doing it. Yep. But unfortunately, Kenny, he just has not been on the ice enough this year. This year, last year, since joining the 67s, he's played in 49 games, and that includes the playoffs last year. It's unfortunate that uh, another set of injuries has kept him out. And when Graham Creech and I were there for training camp with the Ottawa 67s, we had Tyler on, and he was sick of the the injury questions at that point in time. And I can only imagine how he feels now after missing more time. And he got off to such a good start this year health-wise where he was able to be in the lineup uh, game after game, no issues, and then... Uh, the suspensions kept him out of the lineup, and he had a tough time getting traction and, and finding any sort of momentum to his game. 
went off to the World Juniors. I thought he was solid at the World Juniors, no issues there. But again, injured there, comes back and uh, only plays in a, a couple games and is out of the lineup once again. We'll see what the the diagnosis is and if he's able to get back quickly. I'm sure the 67s would love to see him be able to get back into the lineup because when he is in there, the opposition knows that he's there. He threw a hit on, must have been Wednesday. It was some one of the games that he was at home with, and he didn't have to take a stride, Lloydie. A player essentially just skated into him and went flying into the boards. He has an impact physically in the game. Yes, he is uh, bigger, stronger than these kids, but he's also bigger, stronger than a lot of the the grown men out there. And and talk to Logan Morrison about him. I, I believe it was on Wednesday as well, where he's just he's a physical specimen, and he doesn't have to do. Uh, as few of the things that other guys do in order to create that impact. And it's unfortunate that, that he's had these injury problems. You hope for his sake that they're all out of the way early and that his professional career will go a lot more smoothly because it's uh, it's been a tough road for him the last four years or so. All right, so hopefully uh, there'll be some um, encouraging news, but that's troubling news at this point. Uh, Tyler Boucher, uh, one of the injuries the 67s are dealing with, he got hurt again on uh, Friday night. Uh, Teams won three in a row, getting set to uh, prepare for another busy weekend ahead. And Kenny will have the call here on uh, TSN 1200 and uh, 580 CFRA, as he always does. Want to hear from you at 12-1200 on the Sens game day in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks tonight, 7 o'clock pregame and a 9 o'clock faceoff this evening. Kenny, it's taken, like it's, I'm sorry, it's 11.30 pretty much here. And you didn't bring it up, but I've been good on you because I'm sure it's, you've been sitting there like, when's he going to ask me? F1 season's underway. Thoughts on the opening race, Kenny? as the back-to-back champion won the first race of the season. Yeah, it, it was uh, opening race of the year in Bahrain, and it went as expected. Max Verstappen, complete domination. There wasn't uh, there wasn't any question about it, unless it was a safety car uh, that, that bunched the field back up. But even then, midway through the race, Sergio Perez took over second, and he had a buffer. And the next closest competitor was Fernando Alonso, and he was 40 seconds back of Max Verstappen. So there was no real competition. Uh, it, it went as expected. Uh, Red Bull dominated testing. They they were working on a few things throughout the week. And as they qualified on pole, you kind of got a glimpse of what this car is for Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Uh was an okay race. I'll say that. It, was, it wasn't the most gripping race that I've seen. The midfield battle was okay. Uh, good battle between Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso really good back and forth and uh, Fernando Alonso's in the Aston Martin this year uh, he looks really good and that car looks really good Lance Stroll coming off of a bike crash what less than two weeks ago had to have surgery on his wrists and was back in the race car this weekend drove to a sixth place finish he was very good, and that Aston Martin looks dangerous. They could be a, a serious competitor for the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes a little further down the lineup. Maybe not to Red Bull, but down the a little further down the lineup. Uh, it was an okay race. I'll say that. I don't think it was uh, outstanding, but it was all right. And I'm sure that you uh, you thoroughly enjoyed having uh, no Sunday 67s game, right? It worked out well. <laughs> 
<laughs> it worked out well. Uh, Saturday was a little bit of a... It, the, the snow came at a bad time, Lloydie, because my, my wife had, has just come back today, actually, from uh, the Dominican Republic. So my daughter came with me. She stayed out of her friend's house on Friday night and then was going to come, did come with me on Saturday with her friend to the 67s game. And we're, we were going to leave right after the qualifying. So leave at 11, get there for 11, 30, 12 o'clock. No problem whatsoever. Lots of time to get all my interviews done. Everything would be a-okay. Well, the weather put a damper on that and I had to leave a little bit early. So left about 1030 right in the middle of qualifying to make sure that I got to the 67s game uh, early, got all my interviews done, got everything prepared. Uh, but it really put a damper not being able to watch the end of qualifying. I'll say that. Okay. All right. So but it was it wasn't a perfect weekend. It wasn't a perfect okay. weekend, but it was solid. And our friend who saw his team get demolished by the Sens on Saturday uh, has texted in and said no F one talk. So Oh. Sorry about oh. that. Okay. But there All are right. lots of people who do enjoy the F one talk. And okay. well, oh, uh, in fact Forklift guy has asked a question, Lloydie. Okay. What happened to Ocon penalty for not being on the right uh, at the right starting grid? Did you have something like that before? Yeah. It, uh, so Esteban Ocon, there, you have to start in your starting block, and if you Ocon stopped, but then kind of inched forward and out of his starting block, so he was assessed a five second penalty for that. And as he went in to serve his five second penalty, changing his tires and changing his wing, because he had uh, some damage on his wing. One of his crew members went early, so he, they didn't wait the five seconds. So he was then assessed a ten-second penalty that he had to serve another time. And as he was going in to change his tires and uh, serve that penalty, he sped in the pit lane. So he got another penalty, and it was up to fifteen seconds in penalties. So he had, was assessed, I think it was thirty or thirty-five seconds in total penalty time over the course of the race. He eventually retired, but a, a tough start to the year for Esteban Ocon. Other texts coming in earlier. Now, listen, um, last week, Kenny, it was implied that our our friend Josh, he might be a Closet Sense fan. Yeah. Well, he's not helping, you know, dispel that notion. I'll tell that. Um, Josh says, whoever is in charge of the Senator goal scorer songs has to play Get Jiggy With It for Chicky. Like in getting chicky with it. That's what Josh says. So if Josh is reaching like that and thinking, I don't know, Josh. I th- I think I think you're becoming a Sens fan. Yeah, if I don't you're not think already. I don't think it's closeted anymore. I think he's just a giant Sens fan. Yeah, I I I, I, th- I think you're out there for the world to see now, Josh. Which is okay. It's okay, Josh. It's all right. We all go through changes. I think I think Josh is uh, has become a Sens fan. Um, here's a, okay. This speaks to. A, this is a very Ottawa text. Hi guys, I just had a small chat with Grandpa Chickren at the Farm Boy in Canada. <laughs> I can see how proud he is of Jake, and I understand why Jake is a young man. He is awesome. Thanks comes from Jamie. <laughs> that is an Ottawa text right there. Yeah, I just bumped into Grandpa Chickren. We had a chat at the Farm Boy in Canada. Yeah. And and to to that point. Uh... You, you can tell that, and uh, everything that I've heard from anybody around hockey has been that Jacob Chickren's just an unreal character guy. And the talent follows the the person that he is. So it's great to see him uh, 
thrive so far here in Ottawa, and hopefully that continues. And, and I'm not surprised by that text coming in about about Jake's grandpa and the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, even skipping a generation there, or going through <laughs> generations. Uh, boys, what a great sports weekend. Sends firing on all cylinders. So happy to start seeing them come together. Then Liverpool manhandled United 7-0 yesterday. Couldn't have asked for a better sports weekend. That comes from Hintonburg, Andrew. Melman Dave. Hey, guys, I get the impression that Chickren's ready to sign long-term now. Obviously he can't, but good Lord, he talks. It looks like he's at home and is grateful to be here. Of course, he's a bit of a local guy, but I think that says a lot about what it's like in the room right now. I hope to bring it. He's feeling a comfort level here as well, especially when you look around the room at all the guys, skill-wise, personality-wise, and recognize that they're all already signed up long-term. You can see what this team will be for a long time. Everyone has bought into the future and uh, have even taken a reasonable contract to do so. Hopefully, he'll do the same. I already know Trick Chickren will uh, keep up the good work, comes in from Mailman Dave. Thank you, Mailman Dave. And uh, one more before we'll uh, go to break. This one came earlier from Chris in Vancouver. Honest question. I'm hoping you guys could discuss on air. Well, we will, Chris. When Tampa Bay won their Stanley Cups, 99% of the time they had one of Hedman, Sergachev, or McDonough on the ice at all times. What are your thoughts? A lot about doing the same with uh, Shabbat, Sanderson, and Chikrin. Spreading out the minutes to keep the guys fresh and loading up when they needed, along with keeping everyone on their strong side. I'm not saying I'm hoping it would happen. It just worked well for Tampa. Thoughts, Chris and Vancouver. Well, I actually responded to Chris as well on text, but this we've seen this many times over the years and if you're a Sens fan then you were a Sens fan time flies coming up on 16 years ago now you saw that firsthand in the Stanley Cup final how many shifts did the Ducks take with <laughs> like not one of Pronger, Niedemeyer, Boschman on the ice and oftentimes two of them were on the ice why do you think Boston went went out and got Orlov? They're going to have McAvoy, Orlov, and Lindholm. That's that's their big three. Ottawa hopes that they've got a big three, and you know, and Zoop's a quality player outside of that as well. When Chicago, I think it was their first one, right? How many times do you think one of Campbell, Keith, or Seabrook weren't on the ice when they won their first cup? It's this if you have. Three high end D. We've seen we've seen many teams on on playoff runs ride ride three guys a lot. So uh, it's a it's a good point. It's a good point, Chris. And we'll see if the uh, if the Sens maybe start to allocate ice time in a similar fashion. Because DJ Smith said it again post game. So for the first couple games, you're just getting them getting them acclimatized. But Chickman's going to play in the top four on a consistent basis. Like right now, so far, he hasn't. But that's that's coming. It could be coming as soon as tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll see uh, you know, what the configuration looks like. But, Kenny, yeah, to Chris's point, this we've seen this move before by teams. If you get, if you get three guys that you think are of the stud variety, you get into, a, in the, into the playoffs, usually you play the heck out of those guys. Oh, yeah. And, and, and let's... Say they're each playing 25 minutes a night. That doesn't leave a lot of ice time for anybody else. And, yeah, there's going to be times where uh, they're out on the ice together. But I, I I think that 
they can kind of rotate the the other three, and I don't want to include uh, Zubin those then the the lesser three because he's he's a tremendous defenseman in his own right. But there's an opportunity to to absolutely ride those three, and uh, we're we're seeing it right now. Well, I'm seeing it with the Ottawa 67s when after the acquisition of Pavel Michikov, he they split he and Jack Matera, but in when needed, they're out there together and they provide a a incredible defensive pairing and you can do the same thing with any of the big four with the Sens. You can kind of throw them out there when need be or separate them and uh toss in other defensemen here and there. I think it's it's a perfect scenario for Ottawa right now. And everybody's been clamoring for that right shot D, but this isn't the worst scenario. Picking up a left and being able to uh, throw out three incredible left shot D on a regular basis. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and, and interesting to see how the deployment uh, gets used the rest of the way here. And if they can sneak into the playoffs, find their way into the playoffs, how they can uh, ride the three of them throughout a run. All right, Kenny, I want to double back here because two more. And I'm only going to read these because of the text that you got from somebody else. Two more uh, F1 texts came in for you, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, how quickly do you think Mercedes will switch up the entire car concept? After the race, uh, Toto seemed to indicate they wouldn't be sticking with this car. That comes from Derek on the Quebec side. Yeah. And Uncle, and Uncle Shikadance adds, more F1, please. Imagine Toto is heading back to Aston Martin to collect the engine they gave him. <laughs> uh yeah, they've, they've provided an engine for a, a number of teams over the years, uh, but Aston has followed more of a Red Bull concept and design of their car. Therefore, it lead, it's leading to a lot more success rather than the no side pods that, that Mercedes went down the path of last year. They thought they could engineer their way out of it, kind of build backwards. They tore a lot down last year and tried to rebuild it back up but yeah Toto Wolf said that they aren't going to be sticking with this concept but I don't know how much you can do you have a cost cap in place in F1 and to entirely re-engineer the car for this season I think would be a real big strain and potentially impacting next year's car as well I wouldn't be surprised to see them throwing a lot of money towards next year's car and just kind of developing as they go and trying to find uh, solutions to this year's car. I don't know if you can dramatically, completely overchange the the concept of a car within the season now. In old days, yeah, when there was no cost cap, Mercedes could spend their way out of this. Now, with 140 million that you're able to spend on on the overall process, I don't know whether they're going to be able to do it. Can they get another team involved to eat fifty uh, percent of that <laughs> cap, Kenny, and and, and slide them? Uh... You know, an engine block? Oh, that'd be fantastic it, if you could. <laughs> trading trading concepts and trading yeah. design parts and money. Oh, that'd be unreal. It would be real complicated, but I, I'd like to see it tried. It won't happen. No, they can't do that. All right, we'll take a break. More still to come on a Sens game day. Gord Wilson's going to join us coming up at 1230 at the start of the Sens skate. And a little iron in the fire for later on as well. Stick around. A lot of giving to get to as well today on In the Box on TSN 1200. Interesting choice, Kenny. Why, why is that, Lloydie? No, no idea. I think you... Sometimes you think, you know what? 
I'm going to play something that I'm pretty sure that Steve has never heard me play before, and that's your jumping off point. How no, am I doing? No, no, you're way off. Okay. I'm legitimately just typed in 40, uh, 47 seconds, oh, and these songs all end. Yeah, well, it, it's an easy way just to differentiate between the songs and not play the same thing over and over again. This goes back to when we were at the height of, uh, what, in year one of the pandemic, where everybody was doing themes, all the shows. Yeah. And Kenny, if uh, people recall, Kenny... Uh, Doesn't care about uh, music. D- does not care. And his not-so-silent protest of that's like, all right, if I'm producing, I'll do it. But I'm doing it my way. All right. Three minutes and 38 seconds. Click. There it is. Those are the songs today. Songs that are three minutes and 38 seconds. And that's what Kenny did. And that's fine. He owned it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm putting in that 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 level of effort for songs. I, music is not something that's uh, as important to me as it is to other people. So I don't put as much effort into it to to program the, the station that way. I mean, it's just, okay, there's a song. It's fine. Let's go back to the sports. Okay, well, we'll get back to the sports. Uh, Matt, the expert, is fired up here. Oh, good. This isn't just a cup run in 2023. The Sens are the best team in the league now, and Boston knows it. When this team hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious stuff from Matt, the expert. Okay. Yeah, Ottawa's <laughs> playing some great hockey. Boston's not bad either. 10 straight. They're okay. Yeah, gold, gold differential, 105 now. <laughs> Keeps on that adding is... up. That is the crazy part. I 20. mentioned that last week. It's <laughs> the goal differential. With the, Bo- the Boston Bruins are plus 105 on the season. Plus 105. Second place. <laughs> Second place sitting at plus 57, Carolina. Yeah. What I want to see, Lloydie, is I want to see Boston continue to go on a run and get up to the goal differential matching the goals against. So they have double the amount of goals scored Ooh. than against. That's what I want to see by the end of the season. It'll be tough to do with 20 games remaining. Their differential is 27 right now between goals against and their goal differential. So you essentially have to blow teams out and only lose by one or in a shootout in order for that to happen if you want to go on uh that for that to take place, but that's something I, I, would, I would strive for. So, the Boston Bruins have their ten and zero in their last ten. Sources say that's good. They've lost thirteen games this season, eight mm-hmm. in regulation, five in extra time. Now, of those thirteen losses, two of them have come against the Sens. And the last one, Sens Sens played them very well in Boston. One of the Sens' few losses of late. They were playing well, and then they lost to Boston. They lost to Carolina early in the week. And the the Carolina game was a Friday night of memory serves, right? It was that week. So uh, I I think that was a little tongue-in-cheek with his Back to the Future reference as well from Matt the Expert. Of course. We we get that, Matt. We know you're not serious. Um, But... The Senators have been one of the better teams in the league 
basically since December 1st. They got the seventh best winning percentage since December the 1st in the NHL. So they've been playing much better hockey for a good stretch now, and now they've added Chikrin, good energy, playing great right now, having won five in a row. So we'll see where this goes with this uh, this playoff push. But also, uh, Matt had a quick follow-up to that, and I guess much ado about nothing. <laughs> he says, this Chris Neal retirement mug makes my coffee stronger. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt's full of Chris Neal mug coffee right now with his, his energy that he's bringing right now. Yeah, the logic tracks. I, it makes sense to me. Appreciate that, Matt, the expert. Appreciate that, as 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 we always do here. All right, keep them coming in here. Um, now, this one came in from Mike from Lanark, because uh, Chris in Vancouver brought up the point and asking, you know, would the Sens maybe lean on 3D? And I just brought it up. Yeah, that's it's been done many times, and Mike goes way back, that uh, you can go all the way back to Robinson Savard, Right, and I th- I know you meant to say Lapointe, but you said Lemaire, Robinson, Savard, and and Lapointe. Need I say more? And I've always hated the Habs. LOL, Mike from Lanark. So yep. the season that the Jake Sanderson continues to have as a rookie, and Thomas Shabbat, he's been up and down this year, but you know at his best, he can be relied upon heavily. Jake Chikrin, well, reason why you're bringing him in here, and. And I'll go outside that, and Artem Zub's had a an up and down year, right? If you if you want to be fair about it, it's not like it's been all roses for Artem Zub. He's had his injury problems, which has I think impacted, you know, his ability to get into a rhythm. But he hasn't had the greatest of seasons. But if everybody can come together at the right time, get healthy at the right time, that's a that's on paper that can be a heck of a top four. And if this push can continue here, be a lot of fun for Sens fans to track here in the next few weeks. Um, <laughs> JP, the Sens fan, Chris Neal coffee mug. You'll be smiling as you're sipping away. <laughs> Goes back to Neeler back in the day was a spokesperson for oil changers, right, JP? That you're picking up on? There you go. Okay, let's take a break. We'll get out. Not too far away from uh, Gord Wilson joining the show. And the Sens morning skate will be underway. And then we've got an iron in the fire after we talk to Gord as well. Gord will be sending along sound, as he always does. So we'll get to that later in the show. Hear from Sens head coach uh, DJ Smith and a few other players as well. Getting set for tonight's game. Bit of a late one. Not crazy late, though. You don't want to start your work week, your Monday. At least it's not like out west-west, like it's not like a 1030 it's a 9 o'clock face-off, though. So we've got a 7 o'clock pregame show tonight. Sends and Hawks on TSN 1200.